Good morning, everyone. This is the TVC podcast with me, Tony Lowe. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, today, I wanted to talk about modern education. I'll speak a little bit about modern education. And uh, I think it's mostly a waste of time, quite honestly. And I think that's uh, it's true for a number of different levels. Now, obviously, first the first thing to mention is that it's not a question of all types of education that are currently available being being a waste of time, right? So we're going to be speaking specifically about the institutionalized versions. So school, college, university. Um, I've seen many people, and there are hundreds of thousands of people who are pouring and wasting they're um, pouring their time into education and wasting it in a profound way. So let's uh, let's start from the top. School is uh, horrendous, and one of the things that really brought that home recently is we have a family member of mine, young man, little boy, actually, little boy, is uh, currently at school. And he's struggling to pay attention. And everyone else is now diagnosing him with ADHD because he can't sit still and he struggles to pay attention in class. But obviously, the real problem is that he can't pay attention in class because there's nothing really worth paying attention to. (laughs) I went around his house to speak to his mum and uh, she said, do you want to see a little poem that he he got him to write at school today? And it was almost like a haiku. He said something like, um, five useless days in waiting, nothing to do. I'm so bored." <laughs> and that was it. That was the poem he wrote to try and describe school. Like five useless days of doing nothing. And I'm just wasting my time. <laughs> um, because the thing is, he's a bright kid um, and he's got this warmness about him where he obviously he obviously cares. But he, when he's in school, he just doesn't, he ends up playing up because it's just not, it's, I think kids just know that it's not worth their attention. You're going to what? You're going to take, I mean, especially now with like all of the distractions and media that they have, have access to, you're going to take a say, 10-year-old boy, and you're going to take him away from Minecraft and Fortnite and all the stuff that's on the internet. Uh, And even aside from that, you're going to take him away from, what, going out and playing football and, like, going on bike rides with his mates. And you're going to sit him in a classroom for eight hours a day, ask him to sit still and care about calculus, for example. Or, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think you should learn about things like the Roman Empire and that kind of thing. But what, you're going to get them to sit still and care about the Roman Empire for two or three hours at a time? I, I find it amazing that anyone learns anything from school or is able to pay any attention. And I think what what they end up doing is they basically end up, um, they, they sedate the kids either with discipline or they sedate them with... Uh, actual sedatives right um which is its own its own story 
Now, I don't mind discipline. That's not the problem. Kids should be disciplined and they should learn to listen and follow along. But I have sympathy for the kids who are learning stuff that they know really that they're never going to put to use and they don't really care about. And they're being told by people, I mean, the other tragic thing is they've always been taught by people who are strangers, right? You you hand your kids over, you hand them over to the state, you're handing them over to a bunch of strangers for uh, eight hours a day. So primary school is a bad start, right? And secondary school is even worse because then all the hormones kick in and not only are the kids bored, but they're also pent up and stressed as well. Um, and then, you know, the actual material itself is usually a waste of time. One of my favorite examples is um, we learn French for five years at school in the UK. And we would learn, we'd have to do French lessons for like two or three hours a week. So over the course of five years, I did French for two or three hours a week. I can maybe speak two sentences of French. Maybe. Now, I've only just started recently learning Italian. But when I learned Italian in the proper way, right? So just by actually trying to practice it instead of going through all these books. Because that's what we did in school. We had to just read French books and go through all the grammar and try and write out phrases and stuff. Grammar study is important, but Italian, it was just like, here are the basic phrases, here's how you say them, and now go and try and practice them with people. I can speak way more Italian now, and I learned way more Italian within the space of like a couple of months than all of the French put together in school. Because that's the thing. If you're going to go and look at what school teaches you, it's not just the case that the subjects are a waste of time. Arguably some of them are, right? Why do you need to learn about um, French, for example, if you never want to speak it? When you don't get taught things like how to pay tax, like how to manage your finances or um, do like basic work on the house and that kind of stuff. All these basic life skills, how to budget properly for your shopping. None of that's taught to you. Um, All of this other like kind of redundant stuff is instead. And but that's putting it to one side, right? Because there's also an argument for why people should know that stuff anyway as a matter of culture and um, propriety. I can. So let's table that. The problem isn't so much of that. It's the, the problem is that you get taught in such a inefficient way in school, right? Like I said, the way we were taught French was profoundly slow compared to how you could pick up French if you simply tried to learn it yourself. And that's true of so many other subjects as well. Like when you're taught, for example, um, history, you might go through, it might take you weeks and months to learn about all of these details of some part of history, whether it be the Roman Empire or the Soviet Union or what happened during the slave trade or whatever. But really, if you knew what you're doing and if you were if you were equipped to learn, that's the point, if you were equipped to know how to learn, not just waiting to know what to learn, you could learn all that stuff within a couple of weeks, right? If, you, if a kid knew how to learn properly and they were given a couple of books, like two books on the Soviet Union and two books on the Roman Empire, and they could read those books like a week each at a time. You could do like an entire um, history course within like the space of a month instead of it taking years and years and years. So yeah, I've got sympathy for these kids who have to sit in these classrooms. They know things are dragging. They know things are slow. Sometimes they do actually have to put their hand up and ask a question to the teacher. The teacher now has to go around the other 20 or 30 kids in the class before they can come to you to try and ask you, answer your question. And that's assuming you actually care about the subject to begin with and know what value it has. Mad. 
Now that's putting it at the light stage, right? Because the other problem you can add on to that is the fact that these kids are also being indoctrinated by this point. Like teaching transgenderism and the details of homosexuality to primary school kids. Absolutely psychopathic. So there's not only the wasted, inefficient education trying to teach kids the right stuff but in the wrong way, but they're also just trying to teach kids the wrong stuff now as well. Um, and, and warping their minds in many ways. So that's it at the early level, right? So when you get, we're talking about kids, like primary school, secondary school, uh, which I think would be elementary and high school for anyone other than the English or the British, sorry. Um, but then you go up to university level and that's also still profoundly a waste of time. I'm going to give one disclaimer to that or one exception. Uh, people who do hard sciences, who know that they're going to get a career out of those hard sciences, they, they're usually um, making the right decision with university. Um, possibly computer programmers as well, or that kind of thing. But, it, I mean, here's, here's what I'm thinking. So I've seen all of the people I know who went to university who actually use their degrees were people like doctors, computer scientists, um, robot engineers. These people had made a good investment with their time and their money, and now they're, they're reaping the rewards, for sure. But then the majority of people I know who went to university are people who study things like art, literature. Uh, I even know people who did sports science, for example, or film and the humanities, philosophy or politics or whatever. And I include myself in that. And uh, these people have basically racked up thousands of thousands of pounds of debt and do jobs now which have absolutely nothing to do with the degree that they uh, they bought into. My favorite example of that was um, just when I finished university, I had a couple of office jobs. And it was like the second job I got where they did a recruitment drive and there were like 10 people who were all hired exactly at the same time. And we went along the row to kind of do an icebreaker and we found out that in that row, there were like 10 different people, all who had graduated from a different university with a different degree at a different grade, right? Some people have straight up failed. Some people have got like first class degrees. Yet they all ended up in the same place anyway. And not one of these people were doing this job that related in any way to their degree, right? Again, you had like literature students, art students, drama students, uh, geography or history students, and we were all doing like data management, right? So <laughs> that just goes to show what a waste of time it was. So I think there's a number of reasons for that. And again, that that is, um, there's a bunch of different things to talk about when we speak about university, because there's the fact that we wrongly convince young people to go to university to pursue something which actually isn't going to be of any use to them. But then there are other problems at play as well. One of the other problems, again, the same as with the younger people, is that a lot of university education is very, very slow and inefficient. Um, I can only really speak to philosophy or the humanities, but my philosophy or humanities degree was basically... Uh, I'd say half of it was a waste of time. Half of it was actually quite useful. The useful part was um, learning how to write essays. So having lecturers look over my written work and say, look, I know you've got good ideas here, but none of it actually makes any sense because you're not writing clearly. 
that was useful because then they taught me how to write clearly and structure my thoughts and arguments in a uh, crystalline manner so that I was able to articulate myself properly. That was good. And the other thing that was really useful is we did seminar work at university where uh, we would have to sit and discuss philosophy and politics in a group and we would actually get graded on our ability to have good discussions. So what they were grade us on are things like how well did you read the given material that we had to draw upon for the discussion? How well did you listen to other people's points of view? And also when you challenge their points of view, how well did you do that? And does, did your challenges show that you listened to what they said properly and that you were working with the same material that they were? So I think those were really useful skills. It was basically talk, telling us how to uh, debate and have productive discussions in formal ways. And that was quite useful, I must admit. But the useless part was the actual material itself. Um, you know, we were learning nonsense, basically. Uh, everyone from um, like Horkheimer to Judith Butler to Foucault, these people they call philosophers are an absolute waste of time. We were just being taught uh, miasmic sophistry. And none of that became any use. And the other thing is that because we weren't taught prop, uh, philosophy properly and in no systematic way, we were just basically exchanging opinions and we were doing it in a fairly formal manner. But, you know, we would, we would read someone like Foucault and the idea would be like, oh, so why do you agree with his ideas and why don't you? Um, the thing is, we weren't challenging his ideas from a point of view of, say, like logic and evidence, which is the standard you should use, right? Because otherwise you say, oh, I agree with Foucault because my opinions tell me that he's wrong. Why is that? Oh, I've got to make some reason and ad hoc, like, argue for my opinions. What nonsense, nonsense. We didn't get taught things like logic, for example, or um, the proper standards of evidence and that kind of thing. And these are things I had to learn by myself after I left university. I would have saved so much time if, for example, I was taught proper logic and the nature of axioms and stuff before I, I reached that point. Or even if I had been taught whilst we were at university and, you know, went into that kind of stuff in more detail. But no, otherwise, all of these arguments that we were being shown or having to engage with, it seemed like we were doing something productive. But really, we weren't. Not really. And then, obviously, there's propaganda. Loads of propaganda at university. Loads of it. Uh... Perhaps I have a really, really extreme example of that because um, I went to university in Brighton, which is by far the most left-wing part of the UK. And uh, all of the professors were avowed, openly avowed Marxists. Um, I mean, for example, the guy who took my dissertation with me, my supervisor for my dissertation, had a life-size glorious poster of Lenin in his office. And, you know, there were teachers everything from the fact that the West is sexist, racist, homophobic. Uh, we have to bring in the glorious revolution, all this kind of stuff. Um, transgenderism and all the rest of it. Not Again, not really equipping us with the proper mental tools to pick apart this nonsense. And many people became very confused and very angry as a result. Another thing that's really worth considering is that on our course... There was actually, for, for the university I was at, there was a mental health um, support group that was put in to support the students. So actual like qualified psychiatrists. There was a, at least one or two qualified psychiatrists on the campus ready to speak to students about their um, 
their uh, their mental health. And you could only get in to see this guy if you were on the verge of suicide because the queue for his office was so long. There were so many students who had mental health problems that unless you were at the front of the queue, i.e. you were about to commit suicide, you couldn't speak to him. You would have to wait for months and months and months to get an appointment because your your problems weren't immediate, uh, they weren't um, intense enough for, for him to need to deal with. They weren't immediate enough, sorry. And that that's no surprise to me whatsoever. If you if you get into the actual material of what you're being taught in these courses, it's very, very nihilistic and um, corrosive. I mean, here's a, here's a really good example of that. There was a guy in my course who I still to this day regard as probably the most intelligent guy on the course. Really, really well read, really sharp, um, exceptionally well written, um, and all well, just a, a very good, he had a very good brain on him, for sure. Very interesting to talk to. Now, he and I disagreed um, on our ideologies and stuff, but I respected him in terms of his approach to thinking and his, his astuteness and that kind of stuff. And we had a little catch up at the end of the course about our dissertations. Now, he had nailed his dissertation, he got one of the best grades on the course. But he did his dissertation on the philosophy of Derrida and Marx, because he liked both of these people. He'd been, he had Marxism in his blood from what he explained to me from a young age, was really committed to the whole Marxist ideal. And he also had bought into postmodernism. So he, he really liked the work of Derrida. And what happened was, is we had us, we uh, caught up at the end of the, um, the course. I said, how was your grade? And he was like, yeah, really good grade. Thanks. Really good. And I was like, dude, you don't, you don't seem too happy about it. What's wrong? And he went, well, the thing is, my dissertation showed that Derrida is right and Marx is right. But the thing is, if Derrida is right, nothing really matters anyway. But if Marx is right, the revolution should matter. So because they're both right, nothing really matters. And I suppose I can still be committed to Marxism, but I shouldn't be really. But I can, I, I can be if I want to be. And you can see there was this kind of like flaw that fallen underneath him, where he realized, man, if all this stuff is actually true, nothing really matters. Because whilst he still had his, simply had his Marxism, there was still kind of like this subjectivity to it, all this like meaning behind it, the idea of the glorious revolution for the greater good. Um, but once that became blended with the postmodernism, everything just fell through. And he realized that, okay, this these arguments, these theorists, and therefore this whole degree, maybe the whole of life is just a complete waste of time. Or I can care about it as much as I want to, or as much as I perhaps need to. But that's nihilism, perhaps it's a different topic. But he was smart, right? He was the kind of guy who could think through things. And even then he was led to that kind of conclusion. Frankly, there are a lot of people on the course who were not intelligent enough to be at university, but that's a whole other problem. And they they were left in an even more confused and uh, agitated state as a result because they were just eating up the things that they were taught and trying to hold these crazy contradictions in their head at the same time whilst trying to live in society. Complete mess, right? Um, so he, at least this, this guy kind of 
he was probably smart enough to take a step back, but everyone else who was just in the thick of it, uh, yeah, chaos. So that brought me on to another thing about why I think modern education is a waste of time. Like so many people should not get into education because they're not suited for it. And I don't mean that as an insult. Um, there were plenty of people on the course who should not have done the course because they were not smart enough and they couldn't understand the material well enough. And even if they were going to get the grades and jump through the hoops, they didn't really understand what they read enough to be of any use and to put their degrees to use. That's probably the more, more important thing. I mean, there's, there's two things to talk about there. Firstly, some people are, I mean, we're sold this idea in the West that what you should do with life is find what you love and then make a career out of it, which all sounds good on paper, but really it's actually terrible advice for people when you play it out in practice, because when people don't really know what the meaning of life is and they're hedonistic and they're in some sense, in some cases, just very lazy as well, what they want to do in life is become uh, writers or music producers or, um, uh, you know, creatives of one form or another, or perhaps they just really like history. So they want to do history in some degree, but here's the problem. How many hundreds of thousands of writers, musicians, painters, historians, and I dare say as well, philosophers, because we are oversaturated too, does a society really need? It doesn't. And there's no way that the economy is going to be reshaped enough to pay those people to do those things that they want to do. Yeah, great. If you want to do music, find time, carve out time if needs be to make that a part of your life. I definitely recommend doing that. Music is a wonderful thing to have in life. But to spend like £35,000 and the rest to go and do a degree for three years in music when it's going to be of no use to you whatsoever, you've wasted your time and you were sold that lie by the whole of society where they said, you know, you enjoy doing music, but perhaps you don't enjoy doing carpentry. But really, you need carpentry to pay the bills. But because you want to do what you want, you dismiss carpentry as something you shouldn't do. Completely insane. Now, the other, you know, that ties into this other point about people not being suited for, for courses, because it's like a lot of people who were only smart enough to pursue, say, literature or music, and not, for example, like robotics or being a doctor, they were probably plenty smart to be plumbers and technicians and, um, uh, you know, carpenters and stuff, which society does need. So they could have done that, but they didn't instead because they were sold the they were sold the dream. They should have they should have got trades instead, for sure. So what's happening now instead is that there are hardly any trades left. I mean, I, I work in the trades. I'm a plumber, and when I'm on building sites, you can see that the vast majority of the blokes there are 40, 50 plus. Some of them are in their 30s. Very few are in their 20s. Very, very few are in their 20s. Um, works for me because I'm going to have no competition in the next couple of years, but it's not good for society because, again, we need we need those kinds of people. You need the water to run. You need houses to exist. Um, but you don't necessarily need 100 million people who can do book reviews on Shakespeare. So it's also created this interesting dynamic where it's uh, it's inflated. It's the, the educational currency is now completely inflated, right? Because from what I understand, the reason why university was so lucrative and so sought, sought after, um, you know, 50 years back 
is because no one went to university. So if you went, it proved a bunch of things. It proved that you were smart enough to go and it, it proved that you were ahead of the curve and that you were particularly competent in whatever you were doing or just in general, right? So that's why a, a degree was just as a degree more uh, valued in society. So if you had a degree, you could go to an employer and that would be really, that would be a real plus on your CV, right? Because you would shown that you stood out from the crowd in terms of your ability and your intelligence and your uh, your learning. That's no longer true though, right? Because if everyone goes to university and everyone is now being encouraged to go to university, if everyone goes and gets a degree, your degree is just just another degree, yeah? You are just now another university graduate. And in fact, instead of it being something that puts you ahead of, a, of the curve, it becomes like a basic necessity, yeah? People simply, ex you could do a job which has nothing to do with your degree, but you go in and they expect you to be have a degree to some that, in something just to prove that you're not so, so stupid that you couldn't even get into university, right? So yeah, the, the currency has been completely inflated because everyone's got a degree now. Degrees are virtually irrelevant. Um, and you've got to think about why that makes modern education a waste of time for society as well. I mean, especially we're speaking about uni now as well. Because the investment is uh, is terrible. I mean, let's do some maths quickly. For Let's say, for example, the average like English literature graduate, they're an investment because they actually get their, um, they get their degree via a loan. This is how it works in the UK anyway. I think it's different in America. But here's how it works in the UK, and this is why they're a complete waste of time. So in total, it will cost you about £35,000. No, it's not. It's like nine grand per year. So £27,000 to get your degree. And you'll be loaned that money by basically a connection between the banks and the government. So they'll give you £27,000 to get this degree. And the idea is that you don't pay that back all at once. You pay it out of a um, percentage of your um, yearly wage and that starts at something like £25,000 a year. So very rough numbers. You get this literature degree and if you get a job after that, then if you're earning £25,000, then maybe you pay £10 or £20 a month paying back your loan. And if you earn £50,000, then you'll be paying £40 or £50 a month paying back your loan, right? But here's the thing. First, the other thing to keep in mind is that after a certain amount of time, that that actually gets uh, that loan becomes um, void. So I think if you don't pay it back within like twenty or thirty years or something, it just gets written off. So let's talk about return on investment then. For that to actually make sense for society, you have to first of all assume or trust that the student is going to have earn enough money over the course of their life because of their career to pay back that loan, right? But here's the other thing. For the degree to be worth it, you have to assume that the student is going to get a career that relates to their degree that they then use to pay back the loan and give more money back to society, right? So if it cost them 25,000 pounds, 27,000 pounds to get the degree, you have to assume that over the course of their degree, they get a job in English literature they earn enough money from doing that job to pay back £27,000 worth of taxes, for example. And then 
they earn enough money after that to make society more profitable as a whole. That's just in one case, right? You'd have to assume that for the for the investment to be worth it, you'd have to assume that in every case. And for it to be worth it overall, you have to assume that the cases that don't work are accounted for by the cases that do so much that the money is the money that's put back in um, compensates for all the people who didn't use their degrees at all. So that's, that would be how it would have to work for the economy to break even. That, that's what I'm saying, sorry. For the economy to break even on its investment in students, that's what would have to happen. There's no way in a million years that that's happening. Not even close, right? Not even close. The majority of degrees people get have, well, I think it's at least half actually, of the degrees that people get are not using their job whatsoever. And then again, you have to think how many of those people actually use those degrees to earn enough money to pay back their loans. So it's it's a mess at multiple levels because you can't even say that it's working in the favour of society as a whole. It's not working in the favour of the students and it's not even working in favour of the economy. They're both damaged by the way that we approach modern education. So yeah, that was a bit of an economics tirade. Um, hope that wasn't too messy. But I think you get the point, right? It, there's multiple ways in which modern education is proving itself to be a waste of time. Um, so yeah, I think when I have kids, I'm just going to keep them away from it. Uh, it's, uh, you know, homeschooling is definitely the way to go, especially for young kids. And I've seen homeschooled family and families now and they're just it's a different just a completely different ball game there's so their, their education level is so much higher than um than state schooled children and not even for these people aren't necessarily wealthy well they're not wealthy i don't think they'd even mind me saying that um they're using the means that they've got, but they're doing it in an intelligent way. And their kids are such in such a better place for it in terms of their education. So for young kids, for sure, education is the way to go. And for people in general, I think the better thing to do is just equip them with the tools to learn by themselves. Another, another big problem with modern education is we do not teach people how to learn. We teach them what to know, right? So when we sit that kid down in the classroom, uh, we tell them a bunch of things about the world and maths and French and science and whatever else. But, you know, we don't we don't teach them like the basic rules of logic, for example. We don't teach them how to think about things clearly. We don't really teach them how to approach a book and gather the right information properly and how to trust people and how to not trust them and, all that kind of stuff. Um, and again, if we do, it's, it's done in a fairly inefficient way. You know, if you equip someone, I think you can equip someone to learn. If you just teach them things like, teach them logic, teach them how to judge evidence. So if they're reading a science paper, for example, what would make it a good paper? What wouldn't it? Why should you trust one historical idea compared to another, right? If they're, if they're reading their sources, you can do that. Uh, teach them how to read and then say, 
have at it, right? Now you can go pick up the science articles and the journals and the books yourself and you can you can discern this stuff. And they'll learn better in that way as well. That's the other important point. If they learn themselves, they will, it will be more effective learning because they engage with the material so much more that it sinks in more because there's so much, they have so much more mental uh, activity involved with the whole process. Um, that's active learning, right? What the other problem with modern education is it's so so much of it is passive learning. Sit, listen, learn. No, the idea is sit, engage, think, and learn. And that's so much more effective. So much more effective. Um, I mean, that's exactly what I'm trying to do with my my own materials. But what I wanted to do with the academy, for example, is build and develop tools for people to use to just learn by themselves. This is why the main things I've I've approached are things like logic, the Socratic method, because that is just a self-correcting tool for for consistent thinking. Uh, The trivium is turning out to be a great model for that because the trivium in its brilliance was all about knowing how to structure any given topic or discipline so that you can approach it in a systematic way and and learn it yourself as a system of learning. and uh, yeah, so if you equip someone with these tools, I firmly believe that they can therefore use that to learn whatever they need to in the time that they need to, rather than meander their way through all of this useless time spent in modern education when they have to navigate their way, their way around the, the inefficiencies and the nonsense and the propaganda whilst they're being drugged up on God knows what to just keep them in their seats, passively consuming all of the information. Uh, And then after that, they can go on to university where they're going to get themselves a useless degree after a useless five to 10 years of partying, then end up in a workplace doing nothing that they signed up for in the first place, all the while hoping that they're going to hit that dream of doing something that they love when that's just not, it's just not how the world works. So yeah, better to go for better to go for independent self-learning or homeschooling instead, I think, for sure. Um so I think that'll be it. The website is tonyvclow.com, where I've got everything from links to my music to the podcast to my YouTube channel to my books. And uh the other big thing is the TVC Academy, tvcacademy.com, where I've got courses on various things like I mentioned like uh, the trivium Socratic method logic uh, to yeah I suppose in this case to give an alternative simple direct alternatives and simple direct tools to correct for the education that many of us weren't given in the system that we currently reside within thanks again for your time God bless you all and have a wonderful day thank you